Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello. We're back. Hello, hello. It was a busy week. Very busy week. So many games, not enough time, as always. We really should just start doing different podcasts for each like separate competition. That'd be joking. That'd be too much work. We um, don't have time for that. Don't have the time. We barely have the time for this one podcast. Um, true. So we're gonna start, as always, with the Premier League. Um, talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and the entertaining. The good, the bad, the funny. The funny, <laughs> really. Um, so to start off. Southampton beat Leicester, which, again, is significant due to the fact that we were just looking at the table. Southampton is in last place with 21 points, but Leicester is in 15th place place with 24 points. This is where we're at right now in the relegation battle, if anything. I think uh, it's shaping up to be one of the best relegation battles of the last couple years, so... I think so. I think it's going to be fun. Um, um, speaking of teams down there, Nottingham Forest and Everton tied. Yep. So that's interesting. More to watch. Um, Leeds lost to Chelsea. And um, that's the that's first a win that uh, significant. Chelsea have got in a while. Um, and Wolves beat Tottenham so they're kind of like I feel like Nottingham Forest with 26 points and Wolves with 27 feel for some reason like out of the like a little bit (laughs) even though they're only like five and six points away from the bottom um they feel like they're like a step up from the other ones but honestly things can shift really quickly really in all honesty especially down there Crystal Palace in 12th with 27th all the way down to Bournemouth Oh, Bournemouth is now in last place, excuse me, with 21 points. Um, I mean, it's seven points. Yeah, I feel like the and Aston Villa and 11 points, is points. like a jump. Anyway, yeah. If you have nothing else to do and don't really know what to do, um, just watch the relegation battle in the Premier League. Yeah, if you don't that have any allegiance in the Premier League. Um, I mean, um, also the top the top will be fun too. Um, Wolves beat Spurs, yeah. which Spurs have not been playing well. Um, no, and, we'll talk about Spurs playing badly in a minute or two. Yeah, but, but they are still holding on to fourth place. Um, Newcastle dropped to sixth after a loss to City, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, let's just run through the rest of these games real fast. Brighton uh, beat Brentford West beat, Ham. Uh, Brentford Aston, beat Fulham 3-2. And Aston Villa beat Crystal Palace 1-0. The funniest game by far of the weekend, however, was Liverpool Manu. Yes. In case you didn't know, Wait. Liverpool won. Yeah. Seven nothing. Like I'll repeat that. Seven zero. Like what that was is Man on? United's worst Premier League defeat of all time. Um <laughs> We found this I extremely laughed. funny because the weekend before they won the EFL trophy and it sounded like everyone had decided that they were like coming. Their like second coming was here, that they were uh-huh, like back uh-huh. in it. They're the best team ever. Woo woo. Yeah. 
And then to be humbled like this, too fucking good. It's to live too a fucking good. Who has been struggling. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really just too good. And what's funny about it is that I turned this game on sometime in the first half, but when I did, it was 0 0. And I just like meant to put it on while I was like doing laundry. Like yep. I didn't mean to like do very much with that. And then Cody Gakpo scored right at the end of the first half, really. Um, it was like the last couple of minutes of the first half. Yeah. And I was like, haha. Um Liverpool, like for some reason, Liverpool seemed to like really have Manu's number the last couple of years. Yeah. Especially at Anfield. Um and boy was that true because when the second half started. Uh, it was like, boom, 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 boom. Six goals in the second half. Um, overall, the game had two from Gakpo, two from Nunez, two from Salah. Salah loves playing Manu. Um, he's got I like mean, some he got the ridiculous amount of goals. scoring record, right? With his second goal? Yes. He did pass the all-time Liverpool scoring record in this game. But he particularly seems to score a bunch of goals against Manu. Um yeah, I so. thought it was an interesting conversation. I don't know who was having it and who it was, but some people. The conversation was, was Liverpool really good or did Man United just give up? I, what's, From my perspective, it's a, it's a little bit of a combination of the both. I would agree. Liverpool had a good game. Like, by they no means well. I, I, do I want to downplay, like, Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool played really well. Yeah. Man United did not handle going down right at the end of the first uh, the first half and then giving up another one right at the beginning of the second half. Yeah. They lost it. They, they absolutely did. just lost all sense of composure. And yeah. I think Ten Hag and I think Marcus Rashford even said that after the game as well. Like they that I think is more shameful than the actual scoreline. Is that you didn't lose seven nothing. The reason the score was as high as it was was not because Liverpool were seven nothing better than Man U on the day, but because Man U went a couple goals down and just lost their shit. They could not. There was no no anything happening anymore. Yeah. It was just panic. And if you're gonna have a team go on a go on a run. You can't panic like that. Like, there was no point in the second half after the Liverpool score. Literally, once it became 2 nothing, there was no point in that game where I felt like Man United is going to rally and they're going to come back. And we've seen teams do that. We've seen teams come from 2-3 down, goals down, and come back and tie games or win games and stuff like that, even in, you know, in the second half. Arsenal did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. City did it earlier this year. Um, you know, like we've seen it happen. But at no point did it feel like Manu was gonna do that. It was like they felt the 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 pressure was on and they just crumbled under it completely. So I think it's a combination of Liverpool were very good on the day. Um, for once Liverpool was clinical, they finished their chances. What I really found it funny though is is kind of what you were saying earlier. Um is that Man U was just so high off their their ESL Cup win that 
Man U fans were acting like idiots all week. And yeah. it just felt like absolute karma to just be handed a defeat like this, um, like on the back end of that, because it was such a mess. It like, just was like ugh, this is what happens when you think, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it just was like, this is why you don't, this is why you don't let one win, like, up your ego that high. I like, also don't you need... think if they had lost to Liverpool 2-0, we would be making much of a no. stink about no. it because they tend they... to lose to Liverpool and it was and at they're Anfield. they're at Anfield. Yeah. yeah. Like, had they had they lost 1-2, nothing, 3-2, whatever, I don't think we'd be making... It was just the manner Frankly, had which... they lost 7-6, I don't <laughs> think... I think we'd be going, holy shit, that's a lot of goals, but we weren't... Wouldn't be making... Where the hell was the defense? God. Yeah, but like... <laughs> We, I I think like the manner in which it happened was such a like a thir- such a thrashing like to give them their their worst defeat ever in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. Off of that, after after how they'd been acting all week, too good. It was too yeah. good. It was just although quite I entertaining. A little warning to the Liverpool fans. Don't let it happen don't to you next. Same, don't make the same <laughs> mistake. Because some of you are getting a little mouthy on Twitter this year. This oh, week. no. Um, and, and I really mean those of you who are now, like, acting, who are now talking about Darwin Nunez again, <laughs> like he's, like he should. Have we not learned, um, like, have we not learned from our mistakes with that one specifically? People get excited. You know, it's it. You get excited. Keep your excitement related to that specific game. Don't then go applying it to other things. Because I'll tell you what. You know how Man United's fans were comp like re, like sub tweets were full full of just screenshots of them talking shit. You don't want to do. You don't, don't put yourself in that position. Okay. Just the pipe down a little warning. bit. You never know. Just. You have to p- play City in two we- in a couple of weeks. So they like to play Real Madrid again. So yeah, you have to play in Real Madrid again this week. So yeah. like you know, let's, let's just don't get too best. high. Let's not get high on any horses. You know, <laughs> like anyway, enjoy your win. It was a great win. I oh, will say Liverpool Barcelona. is Liverpool has jumped Newcastle. So Liverpool is now in fifth place so they're inching back themselves back up to the top four which i think could actually make for an entertaining like top four well like the fourth place an entertaining time i don't think anyone's catching the other three but um so the top and the bottom of the premier league are looking entertaining um i'm gonna talk about city city of newcastle which is a big game for that top like six or whatever yeah, so City did play Newcastle very early Saturday morning, um, yes. which was tough um, for me to wake up for that. I did go to sleep afterwards. But I will say thank you to my boys for not dragging me out of bed at 5.30 in the morning only to, like, watch you play like shit um, because you didn't. You played well, um, and I appreciate that <laughs> because, yeah, it was, a, it was a good win. There's not, like, a ton – really like to say on it other than the fact that like it was a good win um both Phil Foden um 
played excellent once again. This is now he's he certainly seems to have found his form again. He scored um, the opening goal. Bernardo Silva scored the second one. Foden's goal first goal was a really just a piece of individual brilliance. Um, he takes the ball and like beats four three or four um, Newcastle defenders like with the ball at his feet in the box. Um, it gets a pretty nice deflection. The shot very, does very but, nice deflection. It um, does not that does not take away from him getting through six yeah, players. Nonetheless, but... it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant run and play. Yeah. Um, and he definitely he definitely looks to be back to his himself. Um, which is interesting because he talked... I know you texted me, but Kevin De Bruyne does not look like he's back to himself. No, he does not. Kevin De Bruyne is still struggling a little bit. Um, which you know. I don't really have anything new new to say about yeah, Kevin De Bruyne struggling. He's been struggling for a little while, but um, it is it is still he is still continues to be struggling. Um, it was the first he time has I watched like a full City game. I think probably like top to bottom in like a little while. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen him like you know really in a whole game. Um, yeah. So I just it just ca- it caught my eye. It's interesting because I think it's something you might only notice if you if you've watched him play for the last yeah. couple of years and you know how rarely his passes don't come off, um, only then do you start noticing he's playing balls that get picked off. He's playing balls that don't reach their targets. Like usually De Bruyne's balls re- go where he wants them to go. They just, sometimes the other person screws it up. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or like perhaps the right run was not made. That's not what's happening for him right now. His balls are just not coming off way more often. Yeah, um, yeah. than they usually are. That's yeah. not to say like he has moments. Like there will be moments. There'll be like a ball where you're like, God damn, that's brilliant. But like, oh, yeah. it's way less. And it's and there's he's, he's, he turns the ball over a lot more. That's what I was um, seeing in the middle of the park. It feels like he's not as secure on the ball as he he has been. For me, it's not necessarily secure on the ball in a sense that, like, he's not getting pickpocketed. Like, no, that's not what I mean. But, I mean, like, but like his his usual role is he receives the ball in the middle of the park. He either turns, like, runs past a guy and then plays the ball through, or he immediately right. plays the ball through. Yeah, like that's... he he's moving the ball along very quickly, um, and he'll he'll do those driving runs through the center of the field. Yeah. I actually haven't seen him attempt any of those driving mm-hmm. runs. Um, in a while now that I think about it, um, I don't feel like he's really tried to do those. So there's that, but his balls through are just not anywhere close to where he's wanting them to be, where he clearly intends them to be. Like they're just getting picked off really easily, um, which is not something that generally happens with him. So that's frustrating. Um, I'm sure for him, but it is nice of course, to see Bill Foden back in form. Everyone's good. Everyone got a little, everyone got a little silly about it when he was not performing at his best. Everyone got a little silly about it, mm-hmm. um, and I think like city fans were catastrophizing in the sense that they were like, "Oh, he's done for. He's done for. He's done for. Um, he's got off the field behavioral issues," which there was no evidence of that. <laughs> like there were no rumors of like that was just like literally made up shit. Um, there was no. Because well, I think where that came from was that every there Cancelo was obviously unhappy, but it became clear that it was Cancelo who was unhappy. It was not Phil Foden who was unhappy. It also we then became aware that he had 
Phil Foden had an injury that we yeah. didn't really know about. Um, yeah. So, you know, it became pretty clear that it wasn't anything like that, that it was literally just he had a little bit of an injury and then he wasn't playing very well. And oh. that it is, it happens. Um, yeah. No, but yeah. he's definitely found his form again, which, which I am very, very pleased about. Not only because, um, you know, I'm Phil Foden's number one fan, but also just because it's really good for City. Um, yes, he yeah, scored in, he scored four goals in three games, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, which is excellent. I think it's actually his, they were saying it's his, it's the first time in his City career that he scored in three consecutive games. Um, so oh, that's, that's cool. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. That's a good thing for him. Um, I, I like him him coming off. I actually really like the trio of him, Holland, and Graylish up at the up at the front because yeah, Graylish nice. tends to Graylish and Foden both both can st- can stay out wide and take a couple of guys on, but then both of them also can drop in behind Holland and sort of facilitate it forwards. And especially when De Bruyne is not playing well, their ability to be able to drop in and sort of support in the center of the park is really nice. Yeah. Um, just generally speaking, it was a good performance from City. It wasn't anything. Yeah, they looked good. I, I might have expected a little bit more from Newcastle, but it wasn't like they didn't. Look, Newcastle's problem this whole year has been scoring goals. Yeah. They, like, have... they looked good defensively, honestly. Like, City scored it against a, a team with a less strong defense than Newcastle. City would have scored a lot more goals than they did. Yeah. Um, Newcastle have struggled consistently all year to score that's not new um and they didn't they didn't particularly step it up against city they had chances but they certainly didn't yeah certainly didn't finish them the only other thing to really note about this game is that um ederson got his hundredth clean sheet uh in the premier league he's been he's been on that for a while though so he hadn't cut a clean sheet (laughs) in a little while so he'd been on it feels like i we've been waiting for that for a little while yeah um but he did finally get it so that's good um But yeah, that's really all there is to say uh, about City. Nice, and they have a um, Champions League game midweek this week. They do at home, yeah. So there's looking, that. Looking for that. Um, I'll talk briefly about Arsenal. Did I say last week that Arsenal is giving me high blood pressure? Because Probably. this week... I might have had a heart attack. <laughs> and we talked about it a little bit, so I'll talk about this a little bit more. We got a 2-0 to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, who's the bottom of the Premier League now, FYI, to everyone. Mm-hmm. On, like, they literally scored in the first, like, five seconds. I don't know if you saw that goal. They had, like, this trick play coming off of, like, the like their kickoff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really get it, but... I did. I saw it. Yeah. It was actually kind of cool. Like, I would have been like, oh, nice if that hadn't been against me, you know? But whatever. Yeah. I, it, it's Arsenal. It wasn't super worried. We basically had all of the possession. And then Bournemouth decides to score again and, like, pretty quickly into the second half. And now I'm like, God, Arsenal, what are you doing? Now, in comparison, to the Man United Liverpool game. A, you can't really compare Bournemouth and Liverpool, but you can compare scenario, I think, or situation. Unlike Man United, who kind of killed over, Arsenal comes fighting back. Um, 
I would. It should also be important to note that Arteta played a different starting lineup in this game, um, which meant he could bring on his starters, which he did. He brought on Partey and Ben White, who then both scored to tie it at 2-2. Honestly, wouldn't it, I mean, I would have been upset with a tie. Um, I feel like we... It's the type of game Arsenal would have tied in previous seasons. Like, would have mm-hmm. been like, we got two goals. Okay. Let's just, like, hope that City can stop catching us or slip up. But you can't really do that when you're chasing the Premier League title, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, it was basically the last kick of the game. It was in the 90th plus seven minute. Um, and Reese Nelson scores. When I say the Emirates became like went up in like pandemonium, that's what happened. It did almost feel like we won like the Champions League or something, which I don't know if that's a great level of celebration to be at. We could discuss, but um, I don't like that. We talked about this. I don't like that Arsenal keeps putting themselves in the situation. To which they have to have these late minute goals to win. They did it against Aston Villa as well. However, if you're putting yourself in that situation, it's nice to be able to win them. However, my question is, when is the luck going to run out? Um, that's yeah, which that's is my inevitably too, right? go like it's like I think neither of us would disagree with the fact you need some luck to help you win the like the title. Mm-hmm. Like it's just Absolutely. inevitable, right? Like there's it's, the, there's the, too many factors. The so way this going on. is, you always need a little bit of luck. Yeah. You're never going to, very on very rare occasions have like, you know, I, I think you could probably say when a team wins the league by like more than 20 points, which has happened before, that is not as luck as yeah. much. Like no, that team yeah. is just a lot better than everybody else. But it's not usually like that in any time when it, it's remotely close at all. There's a little bit of luck involved. And I was just scrolling back through our conversation from this game because um, I thought we had a pretty good conversation about it. Yeah. Um, in the sense that that look, there there are two big things that people were t- in my spheres at least that people were talking about after this game. The first one was that uh, that Arsenal were given six minutes of extra time and they scored in the seventh. Um, now I went back to sleep after the city game, so I didn't watch it. So I can't make a judgment um, call as to whether or not that is appropriate. It is often appropriate. Oftentimes games do go past their allotted amount of Bournemouth was wasting time. I think the six minutes was good. And one of their Bournemouth players went down in the extra time to which the announcer literally was like, there will probably more be more like seven now because the guy was injured. So I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't have the problem with the seven minutes. It felt well, like of course you don't the have whole a game. No, 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 no. But I mean, like, but I mean, like, it didn't seem unreasonable to have that time. You, I could I, say I it seemed unreasonable. You, I can't, I can't tell. You, I didn't watch it, so yeah. I can't tell you. I will tell you that my dad, who is not, did he a think it was too much fan, time? Thought they had too much time. Oh. I don't now, know. Also, I, I don't know. I don't know. Other what, team, you're always like they're context. wasting so much time, right? Yeah, sure. There's, there's. You always feel like if you're, if it's close like that, and you are trying for the, you always it also feel like they're ended on a, It also ended on a corner kick, which, like, yeah. you know, like even if the time is up, you get to kick the corner kick. You know, 
normal normally normally it would have been weird if they were not allowed to kick it i think that then that that would be the conversation um nonetheless the point point being it it caused it caused there that was a conversation of course it did um ridiculous i'm just i'm i just wanted to throw it out there that my dad did think they had extra time because my dad is not my dad has no personal stake in that in the result of that game um yeah which I is mean, and now i can't per, because i can't make a judgment because i didn't watch it i just wanted to throw that one out there it's all a little bit um, subjective i think but i i do not think that bournemouth was like somehow not wasting time they wasted a lot of time no but but we're i'm not gonna it's not gonna an argument that i'm gonna get into because i didn't watch it so i can't <laughs> i fine. cannot make any arguments um just it was something that people talked about but the the more important thing i think in my sense is that whether that's lucky or you know whether it was warranted or not it is lucky for it for to like be able to do that um it's lucky that this performance happens against bournemouth right like it's it's lucky that he had those starters to bring on right and you could say maybe that contributed to the situation in the first place that the starters weren't on but like there's a bunch of luck that goes into it right and like you said Arsenal have done this quite a few times this season where they've gone down and they've had to come back not only had to come back but waited until pretty late to come back that was not their only injury time winner of the year um and I think if I were you and I'm sure you are I would be, it would make me particularly nervous because yes, you need luck to win the Premier League, but you still only, you can't, you need to not need that much luck, right? Like, so if Arsenal continue to do this kind of thing, at some point, they're not going to be able to bring it back. I think of this Um, two ways. You're not wrong. And I feel that way, but I watch an Arsenal game with the assumption that they're going to, like, fuck something up no matter what. So it doesn't matter. The other way to think about it is is that we've always kind of done this in the sense of we always seem to win the games we need to win against the teams that are better than than us and always Mm -hmm. play down to other teams. That is something that Arsenal has always done. However, normally we would then lose or tie. We wouldn't Mm -hmm. win. The fact that we are winning these games, yeah. obviously, luck. I don't like it. We should just try and do better. But the funny thing about Arsenal is is that, and I think about the United game where we got that late last-minute win as well. There's something about them where it feels like we're going to score. You didn't watch it, so I I don't know. But it just, like, something about it feels – and it might just be all over. I think the players think that even if they go down, they are going to be able to score. Now, whether or not that's yeah. true, I think that the that sure. mentality is new, which I can appreciate mm-hmm. and which I think in the long run will overall benefit. Absolutely. I would like this Absolutely. not long term. I would like this yeah, not long- to be and have to put ourselves in that situation mm-hmm. where we need to use that. And obviously, I think that like we're going to be able to like not keep doing that all the time. Yeah. But I feel like I'm in a better position than I, than I think many Arsenal fans probably feel that way than we have been in previous years. Cause normally we just lose. 
So I feel yeah. like there's like a bonus Absolutely. and also apprehension yeah. it's at a, the same time. It's a, you're still like when compared to last year, Arsenal is still much, 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 much better. Which right? is why like, I think like you have to just kind of like I think that it's like understanding that. I think as an Arsenal fan, people understand that, but I think that a lot of other people are like, oh, what about and I'm like, but Arsenal fans like don't think that we're gonna like I don't think many Arsenal fans are like, yeah. we're going to win the Premier League. Like, it's like, oh, no, oh, fuck, we're playing Fulham next week and, like, we're going to lose. Like, you know, like, that's the mindset. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I feel like... I think from a non-fan perspective... Yes, and I would agree. Like, yeah. from a non-fan perspective, I think you're right in the terms of, yes, their belief that they're going to pull out the game is absolutely going to help them long-term. Um, and, and you have to, if you're ever going to win those games, yes, you need a little bit of luck. You need a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but you also ultimately just need a grit and a desire to, to win the game and like to not crumble under the pressure of being down a couple goals. Right. Like, and that's a mentality monster type of thing at some point though. And I think you're right about the, in the sense that the playing to their competition, um, Arsenal this season, I believe have also played to their competition for the most part. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, and I think the problem could come, not will come, could come, is if they do something like that against a team that can also grind it out. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. Hence why- so that's, that's why, you know, something somebody like Fulham or Newcastle, I think it's much more difficult if you dig yourself into a hole to climb uh-huh. back out of it. This is why so Arsenal think, fans are perpetually terrified. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> you know, I think it'll be interesting to see whether it's a trend that continues because obviously Ar- obviously Arsenal fans and the team itself will, will really want to address that. But just sort of generally speaking, it's just something that I've, yes, I know you're saying they kind of always do this, but it's something I've noticed the last couple of weeks in particular, um, particularly at now that we're reaching a point in the season where European competition is, is you know, back in the mix. You need to ditch um, the Europa League as fast as possible. That's my thought. And Arsenal, and Arsenal, like I was saying, part of, if part of what happened on Saturday was because Arsenal did not start their best 11, that is a problem, right? Like Arsenal... Sh- Arsenal not being in a position where they can beat Bournemouth without their best, missing a couple of guys from their best 11 is not really where they want to be long-term when you're playing in multiple competitions and you're in a title race. That would be like, and I know we've talked about it before, like Arsenal have an excellent, excellent, excellent best 11, but that their the drop-off is pretty significant after that. Um, but that being said, I did see that this week that Gabriel Jesus is back in training. Yes. Which so. I was like, we're going to be really slow with him. I'm like, that's not what we need. But it is what it is. No, yeah. but it is ultimately smart. No, it's, no I'm happy with slow. <laughs> um, slow. Slow, slow, slow. Yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day, like, we also Arsenal is have a lot of depth on loan, aka Balogun, who's literally at the top scorer in the French League right now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we want him back. But then, like, what the hell are we doing about striker next season? Anyway, that's, like, a side note. But Arsenal has sent a lot of young kids on loan, which Mm -hmm. obviously is the right thing to do. So I think 
depth wise, we could see some good improvements next season. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that'll the be their next but step, I would right? I, like, I feel like everyone everyone agrees we should just ditch the Europa League as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's that's the sentiment, but that's what we like. And they they played they played a pretty watered down lineup in their Europa League match, but I don't know. I just I I also feel like Arsenal was coming out of a slump this weekend. Like they were like they had a string of weird games in like February as always um and i i have a hope that this might slingshot us a little bit into mark like into like the month um again who knows we have to we have some not easy games coming up so we'll see we'll see how things pan out it's just um i think certainly the next step in the arsenal evolution is building that depth right but that is ultimately i think if arsenal don't win the premier league they will not because they don't have the depth. That's yeah. my suspicion. Um, is yeah. that if if they don't pull it out, which I think is a fairly big if, but I think that will be a pretty fairly large contributing factor if they don't. I think so too. I think that we, yeah, I think that we we made good moves in January to get that depth, right? Like Jorginho slotted directly into Partey's position which worked um so we'll see I don't know it's also now we're good it's easier to get other players you know that's absolutely but I also would hope I also hope too that Arteta has a really big focus on our academy teams and they're doing uh quite well so I I hope that the sentiment of the homegrown players remains kind of the 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 sentiment um I think that that would that will only help Arsenal moving forward if Arteta is able to do that anyway um you never know Arsenal fan I I'm just never confident I just I thought they were gonna lose I thought they were gonna lose 2-0 and I was like well I'm gonna study and not half pay attention and then you know anyway anyway that's the premier league We're going to do it really quick. I'm just going to say briefly the Europa League. Arsenal tied Sporting Lisbon. This was at Lisbon. We played a not like top ass lineup. I mean, some like Saka still played. Um, I will say the one thing because Matt Turner played and for people who are interested in the men's US team, he looked okay. He did look at times unsteady with his feet. And that might just be because I'm used to seeing Ramsdale playing our, the kind of like out of the back football that I'm so used uh-huh. to with Arsenal. And Metro was no, by, by no means bad, but it was just an interesting, um, he also hasn't played that much. So I feel like that might impact it, but he seemed a little bit unsteady back there. But the one benefit of them staying in the Europa League would obviously be him getting more game time um, because they're mm-hmm. out of all the other competitions that he would play in. Yeah. So um anyway that's all I really have to say I like only half watched this game um because I was busy so honestly going back to the Emirates we probably can beat Lisbon but it was pretty clear that they were gunning for it and we were like kind of like nah, we have a game on Sunday so that is what it is I don't have I don't really care um that's all I I don't have anything else to say about about the Europa League um 
though, we should speak on the Champions League because big th- three big teams are out. PSG is out. They lost, what did it end up, 2 nothing. Yeah, this was a very enjoyable game. I didn't watch it. Um, I did. Um, it was an enjoyable game because honestly, going into the first half, I thought that PSG would be if if you watch the first leg of Bayern PSG, when Mbappe came on in the second half, it felt like a different game. And I think mm-hmm. myself and everyone else included thought that that was going to be what the game was going to be. They fully Bayern fully contained Mbappe. Absolutely shut him down. There was no, there was, there was really just nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And Bayern was clinical. It was, it was in Munich. And I think that obviously helped, but they were clinical. And I think just like they knew how to grind it out. They knew what they had to do. Matthias Delict had a very nice defensive performance. Um, he had a nice like goal line clearance, but PSG just doesn't seem to have it. And the uh the CVS guys afterward were basically just like tore tore PSG apart and said that it wasn't yeah. working. Um, Henri basically was like they need to be trying to get young homegrown talent. And then like I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Jamie Carragher or Mikey Richards was basically like all the young French players are trying to go to different leagues. Like if you asked a young French player, would you rather play for PSG or if you would rather go to the Premier League, they would probably say they want to go to the Premier League. Well, I think PSG is like a prime example, is like the example of how having a lot of money and buying all the best players doesn't work. Yeah. And I think, I don't know who it never has, but like they buy the players when they're slight, like Mbappe aside, like players who have the names but are like slightly out of their primes like Messi, Ramos. Like not to say that they're not still no, but good, like but it's different but from for example, getting like, like 23 when they, year olds. When they brought in Neymar, that wasn't true of Neymar. Neymar was at his peak when yeah. they brought in Neymar. Yeah. Like the point point being is that like yes, obviously having money helps a whole lot when not you're doing no vision though. Yeah, but it doesn't, it is not, you don't only need money. No. You need money and the right people on staff and like the right vision and patience. Patience. So, yeah. I mean, like, um, honestly, I, think, I mean, there were renewed calls that basically Mamape needs to leave and like, as in get out was the term used by some people. Um, yeah. We all I mean, I think, know yeah, if he wants, does he not want to go to Madrid? If he wants, look, the reality of the situation is if he wants to be considered amongst the best players to ever play the game, if he wants to, to, to get himself in the GOAT conversation by the end of his career, he has to play some. Yeah, I, I think so. He's never going to get there playing for PSG. It's no. never going to happen. No, so- never. I feel like we have this conversation every year after PSG gets knocked out of the Champions League again. Yeah. Like what's yep. next? But they then just keep doing the same exact thing and nothing changes. They need a they need a um a cultural overhaul if they want to change anything. And yeah. I don't know that I see that happening. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, um, it's not like we neither of us really care because we don't like them. Um we think it's I think it's funny. Um yeah, of course. Spurs also lost. This lost. was possibly a 
one of just boring. This game was boring. So what's funny about this to me was the memes from city fans after um specifically because there were a whole bunch of memes along the lines of Tottenham plays one good game a season and it's when they play Man City at home (laughs) I mean look it's not not true and it is funny because Tottenham always beats City when they play at Tottenham and then they just look bad every other game and it's like so it's a running joke again amongst the city fans, but it was funny. It was funny in that sense. Um, just generally speaking, I heard they looked uninspired. And yeah, they're in renewed talks of uh, <laughs> where's Harry Kane going next. Which here's my thing: I almost feel like at this point Harry Kane has waited too long. I think so too. I don't think that's I don't think that's a wrong assumption. I that's not to say like I think he's not going to go anywhere, but he's you know it's hard now if he'd done it three years ago it might have made sense he's 29 yeah you know so like by no means is the 29 the end of your career by no means he'll probably will be very good for the next several years still but like to pay a lot of money a striker for a striker who is while very very good 29 when there are options on the market that are you know eight years younger than him and therefore good for the next 10 years and probably cost less it's I almost wonder not like I think if he wants to move if he if he can find a move he'll move but it's hard to imagine like he should have left two summers ago when City wanted him. No, when I City agree. were going to sign yeah, him two, so. two yeah. years ago, yeah. that was his chance to leave. And that he didn't get, for whatever reason, that one didn't go through. Now, I'm certainly not mad about it because we met, we got Holland the summer after that. Right. But I don't think that you were like, upset. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that was his chance because City don't, are not going to pay for him. For him well, they don't need him. They don't need it. They have Holland. Uh, Arsenal have. I don't think Arsenal are. Uh, Liverpool. Yeah, a, I don't a, think. Also, a. Not even that we have three decent strikers. We wouldn't take like I think if like a Harry yeah, Kane he wouldn't ever want to come to no. Arsenal, and I, but Arsenal I just I'm, would never like want I'm tr- in terms of like teams in the Premier League who are going to play in Champions League next year. Yeah, like yeah. Man U. I don't think really Man U have brought in what's his name Weghorst and yeah they they have plenty you know, of forwards Rashford yeah. and like I don't think they're really gonna ball out on Harry Kane so he's gonna have to leave England yeah and they if he leaves if England where is he gonna go he's gonna go to Bayern who okay I could maybe see that Barca don't have Lewandowski's so and yes Lewandowski's a couple years older but in the immediate future, they're not going to trade that. They're not going to trade one old forward for another getting older forward, you know? Yeah. Madrid certainly isn't going to. No. So where is he going to go? Right? Like, that's my... Yeah. I'm I'm joking, but that would be... No, but, like, like, where is he going to go? He so I think fits, that Harry Kane missed his window. The, the mold of the player that PSG wants. 
I do feel like he's too smart to go to Peter. Like I don't. I feel do like too. I, I do too. I don't think yeah. he's that stupid. Um, I do think that Bayern is like the option that like hypothetically would make the most sense. Bayern is the only one that makes any kind of sense to me because Bayern don't have. I think he could play alongside Mueller. Bayern have good players, but they there's room for him. Like yeah. there could be room for him, and they're a top level team that are playing you know, in the Champions League every year and competing yeah. for titles. Yeah. I that's the only one that would make any kind of sense to me. But I really just feel like he might have missed his window. I really feel like two years ago he should have moved and he didn't. And yeah. that might have been I think so too. That might have been that might have been it for him. And I think frankly, like I know we like to make fun of Spurs and I like to make fun of Harry Kane. I, um, I have to make fun but of Spurs I, though. Yes, no, but I know we like to do that and we like to make fun of Harry Kane and we like to make fun of the room. But I think at the end of the day, like, I think it is kind of a shame that, like, yeah. Harry, because I think he's a great, 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 great player. He's one of the top scorers in the league, in the Premier League ever. And he's never going to win a trophy. No. Like, they win the FA- oh, no, they're out of the FA Cup. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think a trophy this year. No, sad. Boo. It's another year where they won't win a trophy. And he's never going to win a trophy. And I think that's a shame. My brother and he's I never going to. I don't think he's never going to win a trophy in England. Yeah. My brother and I were talking about this because, like, I don't think any Arsenal fan wouldn't say that Arsenal's had a pretty bad run of form in the past, like, decade. Right. Yeah. And of course, we like to shit house on Tottenham. But the funny thing is, for as well as Tottenham hypothetically has done, we've won like a string of FA Cups. In the past uh-huh. decade, and Tottenham has won zero trophies, which is just fun. It's just like it's a curse. Yeah, it's like Tottenham might be a a top four finisher every year, but they don't win anything ever. Yeah. So I I think ultimately I it is kind of just a shame if you know it continues as it is that yeah he'll have never. I think it's also like it was interesting to me because somebody pointed out the other day that Harry Kane actually is having one of the best seasons of his career in terms of goal production right now and it's not gonna matter at all because Erling Holland is exists yeah I mean that's that that is which kind of feels like the story of Harry Kane's career right like that kind of feels like and I I yeah that's kind of all I have to say on that um the other Champions League game that's worth or what's who Benfica oh. beat Club Rouge, so they go yeah, through. Yeah, which was expected. Um, so that was which was expected. We didn't, didn't really have anything to say about that. Um, but Dor- uh, Dortmund did finally lose their first game of twenty twenty three uh, to Chelsea. <sighs> this game was frustrating to watch for me. Yes. Um, I honestly felt like it was over for Dortmund uh, approximately six minutes into the game. <laughs> because yeah. Julian Brandt, who is in the form of his life, Got uh, went down injured and yeah. had to come off. Yeah. And not to say Gio Reyna, we have mostly good things to say about Gio Reyna on this podcast, and he's who came on for him. But Brandt what, is like in absolute fantastic, fantastic form. Yeah. Literally the form of his career. Yeah. And he's going to be out for he tore something so he's going to be out for a little while but um that is sort of it almost felt like an omen for what was going to come um it just could not come off for Dortmund on the day I felt like um 
the the one goal that was a a penalty kick was uh, sparked a lot of conversation for a couple of reasons. One, the penalty kick itself was, in my opinion, a fairly weak call. Yeah. Um, one of those that, like, they call them sometimes, but you still don't. Yeah. They always feel, like, icky when they're called against someone that you even remotely like. Um, so it was that in the first place. And then Havertz goes up to take the PK. He hits the post. It gets cleared out. They then do a VAR review and see that both players from both teams encroached in the box um, on the PK and that one of the Dortmund players who had taken a step inside the box was the one, was one of, was the guy who cleared the ball eventually. And that meant they retake the PK. Yeah. Now, we did get a look at the actual rule um which makes sense yeah and and it makes sense right like yeah they encroach on the ball like it, it's got to be retaken i think it just sucks because it's at least pretty clear to me that the dortmund players that encroach on the penalty area are tracking their yeah. marks yeah their chelsea marks into the box um and both and yet it the Chelsea players don't get any punishment for breaking the same rule, right? It's harsher on the 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 rule is harsher on the defensive team. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like had he scored the PK and Chelsea Chelsea players being in the box would have also meant that they retook the PK. Retook it was it gonna again. be retaken kind of no matter what. Yeah. But it, it does, like, yes, you can't rewrite the rule to account for defensive players following offensive players. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's box, almost impossible. Right? Like, how because are you supposed you to be able to yeah, know that? How are that? you supposed to be able to know it's, that? It's but, too, object, like, subjective. But also, like, uh, intuitively, like, it's pretty clear that the player in specific specifically who cleared the ball is following his mark into yeah. the box, yeah. right? Um, which just, while, yes, there's nothing wrong with it, like the the call is correct yeah it just makes it feel worse um especially when it's on a weak call in the first place like it's a I soft think that's PK. the problem is is that like it's uh, a soft pk and then he missed it which sort of felt appropriate right like it sort of felt like yeah, yeah. He, he hit the yeah. post that's that's right it's a soft pk he shouldn't like you know and then and then for it to be called off in in a in a situation where teams players from both teams encroach it just it just doesn't feel good no it wasn't a great way to like kick a team out of the champions league you know yeah it just doesn't feel good um there's nothing technically wrong with it it all is above board you know but it doesn't feel good no um which is kind of really all i have to say about that game writ large um i would also like to say chelsea fans don't let one win think that all your problems are solved. I, yeah, I really don't imagine that they're going to get very far. No. But they didn't necessarily never know. all that great. But 
whatever. No, but Dortmund, Dortmund will, it is their first loss of the year. So they will definitely be looking to bounce back this weekend there. Yeah. I, I am certainly, they will be, and I will certainly be hoping that this is not like the first of a handful of full yeah. results because they, they are, are still tied with tight. Bayern They're still at tight, top tied um, and the Bundesliga is going to be Bundesliga, tight. So. The Bundesliga is very tight. They're still tied with Bayern atop the uh, atop it, and they do have a derby this weekend. Um, yeah, Dortmund. So, so certainly you would hope it's not an omen, but it, in in many ways it could be a blessing in disguise. Um, in in terms of if they if they, it doesn't if they don't let it rattle them, they can really give Bayern Bayern a fight in the yeah. in the. Although I, I do think losing Brandt. Is that's them. gonna hurt? That will hurt them yeah. for sure. But that's yeah, yeah. Um, and then we just wanted to touch also on La Liga as well. Barcelona is still nine points clear of Real Madrid. Um, yeah, they are now nine points clear. So still pretty, pretty well in hand, I would say. Um, yeah, Barca, Madrid Barca seems to not be able weekend. to play in La Liga. So. Madrid, Madrid dropped points again. They tied this weekend, and and Barca pulled out a win, so they're back. Uh, they were seven points clear last week, so now they're nine. Yeah, which is, yeah, um. Which is really important, particularly for Barca right now, a couple of guys that they can continue to win in La Liga, even if they're not pretty without Pedri, because I think we've talked a couple times, like, they very, very obviously miss Pedri. Yeah. Um, Like, very obviously. So, that's that. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about anything else. I don't have much else to say either. Um, we just I think to as touch... a as a final note, yes. yeah, we wanted to just uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the situation with the French women's team um, and the couple of players who had said that they're not playing um, in the World Cup. The French team, the French Federation, did fire their their women's coach. So, as far as I know, nothing has developed further than that in terms of any of the players you know reinstating their places um but it is it is a good and faster than almost anything else has moved um we've talked before the french federation is generally just a shit show um so much of a shit show but firing their coach is and so quickly after like obviously we don't really know how much maybe has happened behind the scenes and some of the players might be like this wasn't fast enough but as soon as something big and public happens there was a response yes the reality is that it certainly was not fast enough given that players had to resign from the team in order for it to happen but that when public figures like Wendy Renard resigned from the team that there was she was fired within a couple of weeks is compared to some of the other stuff i'm looking at you canada um yeah a much a much better response it's not it's definitely the french team is is in a pretty bad spot going into the world cup which is just a couple months off um that they now are going to have a brand new coach 
Now, obviously, yes, they need a new coach, but it's just the timing of it sucks. Um, and will certainly impact them this summer, yeah. um, whether or not the players who remove themselves choose to to come back. Yeah, it's just another yet another thing way. to pay attention to as the World Cup kind of comes towards us um, and yeah. we, you know, try and too quickly predict what the hell is going to happen, which we, we really can't right now. Um, yeah, I think the, but... the only other thing really to note is that the NWSL season has started. Um, yes, it has. So just throwing that out there. Um, if you happen to live in a city in the U.S. where there is an NWSL team, go to games. Go watch them. Um, yeah. The only particular thing of note from the, the opening weekend of the NWSL is uh, Alyssa Thompson. What's her name? Why can I? Thompson. Yes, Alyssa Thompson scored five minutes into her Angel City. It was beautiful. I saw it. Uh, yeah, it's a gorgeous goal. Um, yeah. She is, by the way, if you don't know who Alyssa Thompson is, she is 18. She is, you know, uh, she's the 18-year-old. She's been called up to the U.S. team a couple of times, but not really significantly, but she's sort of the young, the the, the young up-and-comer. She also um, bypassed really college. So she's like, what, just yeah. graduated from high she's school one or of something? The first, or still in high yes, school? Yes, she's she's one of the first players to bypass college and declare directly for the draft. Yeah. Um, I think she is still in high school. I think she's finishing up high school. I think so too. I don't think she's graduated yet. I think she graduated. I don't, I'm re- I don't really want to even think about playing a sport professionally and still being in Anyways, school. But... Point being, she, she scored five minutes into the, yeah. into her professional debut. So um, yeah, pay um, attention to her. I think she maybe not the her, biggest yeah. role in this world cup, but in cycles she may come. or may not be on the roster for the world cup i suspect she probably won't yeah, um, it just depends given give it, it, it if people are back if the people we anticipate being back from injuries i.e katarina macario um i just don't know that there's room for her um when yeah. you look at when like i think i think our forward line is going to be more like Pat Macario, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, Lynn Williams. Yeah. I think there's just not a whole lot of room. And then that's not even getting into like Alex Morgan. Um, there's yeah. not a whole lot of room left for Alyssa yeah. Thompson. Um, but she is going to be a name we're going to be hearing about um, for a long time, I think. So uh, worth noting, she had a notable debut. So. Yeah. Um, and How's with that, that we're going to wrap up. There's so many more games to talk about next week. I feel like we're finally into weekend, midweek. Lots of games all the way until May. Lots of stuff. Yep. Lots all the way into May. Um, but we will, um, as always, talk to you next week. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.